0: be seated cell phones off that's awesome it's real helpful now if a cell phone rings we forgive you but you've got to take us to pizza hut after church (laughs) all of us yeah so that's i don't know how many pizzas that is but maybe more than you want to buy today everybody doing good everybody happy Praise God. Stretch forth your hand uh, toward me, if you would, today, and ask God to help me to minister the Word of God today. Father, I receive the utterance, that which is right for right now, for right now, in this time. Lord, what was right in the 9 a.m. service was right, but you know what's right in this service. And so we thank you, Holy Spirit. We thank you, Lord, for giving us utterance today. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen and amen. Turn over in your Bibles to John chapter 15 if you would this morning. John the 15th chapter. You remember last Sunday we talked to, on a message called, Where Do You Live? Where Do You Live? And we discovered, you know, that some people could live in Hawaii with a yacht, with a private jet, and a beautiful home, and everything to eat you could possibly want, and yet be suicidal on the inside. Yeah. And then on the other hand, a person could live in Siberia with very little to eat and very cold. And yet on the inside, they're happy because they've got a relationship with the king of kings and lord of lords. Amen. So the question we asked is, where do you live? We discovered that some people live in fantasy land. Don't want to do that. Other people live in the past. Don't want to live there. Other people live in the land of unfilled desires. We don't want to live there. And so this morning, let's continue with these thoughts. Jesus tells us exactly where to live. Amen? In John fifteen four from God's Word's translation, it says, Live in me, and I will live in you. A branch cannot produce any fruit by itself. It has to stay attached to the vine. In the same way, you cannot produce any fruit unless you live in me. If there was ever a time to be living in him and drawing near to him and abiding and dwelling in the secret place and living in his presence, it's right now. It is right now. And you and I have a right to boldly come into his presence because we have been washed by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. We have been sanctified by the word of God and we have been set apart for this day and this hour to enjoy his presence and to live in his power. Amen. The Bible says let's draw near now with a heart of full assurance of faith having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience, and our bodies, they've been washed with pure water. God doesn't look at you the way you look at you. God looks at you through eyes of love, through eyes of faith, and he looks at you because of what the blood of Jesus Christ has done as an heir of God and a joint heir with Jesus Christ. And so when you come and you start delighting yourself in the Lord, come with the name, come with the blood, come boldly, come with confidence, come with assurance, with a sense of belonging that the throne of grace is the secret place that God wants all of us to dwell. Amen. 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 Oh, glory to God. In Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19 through 21. And we're going to look at this from the message version. It says, so friends, we can now, without hesitation, walk right up to God. I like to say it like this. We can, without hesitation, right up to, walk right up to daddy, daddy. Abba, father. You know, if you have children, you've experienced your children walking right up to you. Can I have the keys? Can I have a little extra money? Why? Because of that relationship and because of that fellowship. And so rock, walk right up to your heavenly father into the holy place. Jesus has cleared the way by the blood of his sacrifice. He acts as our high priest. The curtain into God's presence is his body. Exercise your right of access. Now, in the natural realm, we cannot all get into certain buildings. We may try to get into uh, this account or that account that we're not supposed to get into, and it'll say access denied. But in the courtroom of heaven, in the throne of grace, your access is never denied. God says you have an entrance into the holy of holies, so come and come and enjoy and access my presence on a daily basis amen Amen. oh that's good news look with me at psalm 16 verse 11 psalm 16 verse 11 there is a path that the lord has for you and there is a path that he has for me the path is his presence and Psalm 16:11 it says he will show us the path of life in thy presence is fullness of joy at thy right hand there are pleasures for evermore this is the path of his presence and in the presence of the Lord there's not only joy there's not only delight there are not only pleasures forevermore But there are answers to be found in the presence of God. You see, every one of us have a path to follow. It is the path of his presence. And if we will get on the path and stay on the, the path, his presence will lead us and guide us into the entire truth for our lives. This presence, this path will lead you right in to your healthy place. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. This path, this presence on the path will give you answers perhaps you've looked for for years out in the world. Yeah. Oh, glory to God. There's answers in the presence of the Lord. Yeah. How many of you have ever just sought God and not haven't been able to connect and know exactly what to do? I'll raise both hands. I believe that if we'll work more on our relationship and fellowship and operate more in the presence of God, that those answers will flow freely, hallelujah, from the throne of God, and it will be known unto you what to do. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. In his presence is fullness of joy. Now look back at John 15, and notice with me in verse 5. John 15, verse 5, from God's Word's translation says, I am the vine, and you are the branches. Those who live in me, while I live in them, what will they produce? Isn't that awesome? We'll produce a lot of fruit. Amen? Continual fruit. Produce a lot of fruit. But you can't produce... Anything without me. I found that out a long time ago. I found out that my reasoning just doesn't get it. I found out that my ways are not always his ways. I think there needs to be an exchange and leaving our ways and leaving our thoughts and come on up into the presence of God and get a hold of his thoughts and his ways. And then we will see life begin to operate in its fullest measure and then we'll produce fruit for the glory of God. Thank you, Lord. So notice in verse six, it said, whosoever doesn't live in me is thrown away as a branch and dries up. Branches like this are gathered and thrown into the fire and burned. Now read verse seven with me, if you would, please. If you live in me and what I say lives in you, then ask for anything you want and it will be yours. Now, let's just keep that up there just for a moment. The King James says, If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. He's telling us to live in Him and to live in His word, and then His word will speak to us. Yeah. And when His word speaks to us, we will be asking in line with His perfect will and we desire. Amen? Now, I saw something as I looked at that this morning, just now. If you live in me, and I like this, and what I say lives in you. Not only what he says in the book, but what he says in here. By his Holy Spirit. Because he is going to say some things to us in our spirit by the Holy Spirit. Let me put it another way. He desires to say some things to us in our spirit by the Holy Spirit. But we must live in him and abide in him. This is not just a Sunday to Sunday proposition. This is not just having a a relationship with the Lord and calling out on him in our midnight hour. He's there in our midnight hour. Don't get me wrong. He's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. But God's best for us is to live continually continually. Connected and in communion with him. And if we live in him. And what I say lives in you. Has he said anything to you lately? Has he spoken some things to you by his spirit? That comes by you abiding in him. Now I'm led to say this and I'll say this in love. But. If he has spoken to you in your spirit, by his spirit, and you have not done yet what he said for you to do, then it's time to make the adjustment. It's time to make the correction. In other words, if the Lord deals with me uh, about a certain area of my life that's not pleasing him, and if he shows me and he points the finger at it, and he says, "Mark, change that." What what had Mark better do? Mark had better change it. Yeah. Because if I don't change it, guess what? There's some other things that may not change that need to change. That's right. Amen. You see, I believe that the Christian life and the Christian walk is a series of dwelling in his presence and also a series of making adjustments. You see, I love the direction of the Lord that comes from the presence of the Lord. But if I'm going to be open to his direction, I also must be open to his correction. Will the word ever correct you? Will the Holy Spirit ever correct you? Absolutely he will. But he always does it in love. He never does it to put you down. He always does it to lift you up and to take you from that place so that he can put you on that path to where you can go from glory to glory. Amen. Amen. All right. So then, it's one thing for Pastor Mark to stand up here all day and say, we need to live in him. We need to have a vital connection with him. But the question is, is how do we do it? How do we do this? Well, number one, In John 15, 7, he says, if you abide in me and my word abides in you, you'll ask what you will. It shall be done unto you. So abiding in the word and his word abiding in you is living in him. We talked about that last Sunday. It is my responsibility and your responsibility to maintain the connection, to maintain that union with him. Amen. Uh, I believe this. That just like we have a bank account in the natural realm, we also have a heart account. We have a heart account. And just like your bank needs to have constant deposits to make constant withdrawals. Has anybody ever had the unhappy experience of trying to withdraw and get an overdraft? What that means is there haven't been enough deposits there. Well, spiritually speaking, I think sometimes we try to make a withdrawal on some things that aren't really on the inside of us. Are you listening to me? It is so easy to become weak spiritually. It is so easy to become emaciated spiritually. You get out of the word. You get out of prayer. You get out of praise. I'll guarantee you there will not be that much difference between you and the world. Because the same pressures that come to the world come to Christians. But what is it that causes us to overcome the world? What causes us to overcome the world is the presence of the Lord. And the presence of the Lord will lift you up above the pressure to where it does not do you in. I'm not condemning anybody and I'm not correcting anybody per se. But weak and emaciated Christians do not receive what God wants them to receive. The Bible says that it is the strong spirit of the man that will sustain him in time of infirmities. Infirmities come from every side. An infirmity might be a sickness and disease. It might be a financial problem. It might be a kid rebelling. Whatever, it might be all hell breaking loose. And when all hell breaks loose, you've got to stand up. And you've got to be strong to say, look at, Mr. Devil, let's have a conversation. I've been in the presence of God today, and no weapon formed against me is going to prosper. Now, you may think you have the upper hand, but you're wrong. I've got the upper hand because I'm relying on the strong arm of the Lord. Amen? So it's important then that we make continual deposits of the good word of God into our heart. Now, here's what happens when you do that. That out of the abundance of your heart then, what's going to speak? Your mouth is going to speak. Listen, whatever is in you in abundance is going to come out of here. Whatever you think on and whatever you dwell on is going to register in your heart. That's why it is so vital to live in union with him and communion with him and let this word just overtake you. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you today, bombard your spirit with the word of God. Hallelujah. So say with me, I'm living, I'm living in the word of God. Now this morning, I want to move on and I want to move to verse 9 through 12 if we could today. Verses 9 through 12. He says, I have loved you the same way the Father has loved me, so live in my love. I believe this, a second principle that we could look at to maintaining vital union and communion with him is living in his love. Live in my love. He said, if you obey my commandments, you will live in my love. I've obeyed my Father's commandments, and in that way I live in his love. I have told you these things so that you you will be as joyful as I am and that your joy might be complete. Love each other as I have loved you. This is what I'm commanding you to do. Oh, glory to God. Living in the love of God. God is love. Love is God. God. When you commune with God, you commune with love. You are united to God, you are united to love. Love is not something that you and I can make a choice on whether we're going to live in it or not. Love is a commandment. As, As a matter of fact, the Bible says, I've given you a commandment that you should love one another. As I have loved you. And in John 13, 34, he says, By this shall all men know that you are my disciples, if what? If you have love. love, Where? One for another. another. The love of God is shed abroad in our heart. Where? By the Holy Ghost. We are commanded to live in love. We are commanded to operate in. And to function and to regulate our lives in the love of God. He says, if you will live in love, love will live in you. If you will maintain this union of love with me, then it will be easier for you to love one another. See, listen. I cannot in my flesh love you as Christ loves me. You can't in your flesh love me as Christ loves you. God never asked you to do it in the flesh. He says, if you live in me, my presence will help you to love one another as I have loved you. Now listen. The scripture says that we are to love our neighbors or our nearbys as ourselves. Is that right? Well, look at Matthew chapter 24. We need to go there. Look at Matthew chapter 24. Live in my love. Live in the love of God. You know, living in the love of God is the opposite of living a life that's full of offenses. Living in the love of God is opposite of carrying bitterness in your life. Living in the love of God basically will manifest God in your life. Amen. Amen. In Matthew chapter twenty two, verses thirty through through forty, I want us to look at this. Matthew chapter twenty two. Verse thirty four. But when the Pharisees had heard that he had put the Sadducees to silence, they were gathered together. Let's look at verse 35. Just follow me through to the verse 40. Then one of them, which was a lawyer, asked him a question, tempting him, saying, What, master, which is the great commandment in the law? Verse 37. And Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul and with all your might in other words with everything you have love him with everything you have live in this love verse 38 this is the first and great commandment verse 39 and the second is like unto it thou shalt do what thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself thou shalt love who Thou shalt love thy neighbor as you love yourself. So loving your neighbor as you love yourself is a result of you having a revelation of how much God loves you. I cannot in my flesh love you as I love myself if I don't love myself. But I can love myself if I understand how much he loves me. And when I find out how much he loves me, it's easy for me to love me and then to love you. Yeah. And he said, this is the first and it is the greatest commandment. Verse 40. On these two commandments, listen, hangs all the law and the prophets. There's a lot hanging on your love walk. There's a lot that depends on whether or not you receive your healing in direct proportion to the degree you're walking in love. See, healing is not all, does not always come by the laying on hands. Healing does not always come by a working of miracles. Sometimes healing is spelled R-E-P-E-N-T. Right? You know, we've all, come on now, let's, let's, let's lighten up a little bit. We've all acted a little nasty in life. We've all let our flesh get out of control. I mean, from the pulpit to the pew. I'm not looking at angel's wings out there, I'm looking at shoulders. We've all been offended, we've all been critical, we've all been bitter. Come on now. But I tell you what, when you walk in love, you'll go from being bitter to being better. You'll go from being sick to being healed. You'll go from being poor to being rich. You'll go from being down to being up. Because listen, friends, your faith has got to function and operate. And it doesn't function through strife faith doesn't work through being agitated all the time faith doesn't work through being in full of strife all the time but faith will work and function and operate by the love of God that is shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Ghost amen and so sometimes answers to prayer are spelled repent And it's vital. Listen, this is more vital than you're understanding today, than you're reacting. It's vital that you live in love. It's vital that you walk in love. It's vital that I walk in love. There's a lot hanging on it. Yeah, but somebody speaks up and says, yeah, but Pastor Mark, you know, Jesus is talking about that's the fulfilling, that's talking about the law. Well, I'm glad you brought that up. (laughs) Look at Romans chapter 13. Romans the 13th chapter. Where do you live? Where do you live? Are you living in the land of offenses? Are you living in the land of love? See, love, you see, the Bible says that love takes no account of the evil done to it. Yeah, but they said this about you. Yeah, but God said this about me. And I'm choosing to go with God's word than what they said. I'm choosing to forgive rather than to fight. I'm not going to fight against them because I'm not wrestling against flesh and blood. I know where that's coming from. But I'm going to maintain my union. I'm going to maintain the presence of God. I'm going to walk in love and I'm going to forgive and forget. See, love, it doesn't take any account of the evil tongue to it. You know you're walking in the God kind of love and dwelling in Him when you're not paying any attention to a suffered wrong. No, come on. Let's be honest. Some of you grew up on the street. Some of you grew up in Oakland. You know, Ingrid Robinson used to say, you know, when she'd get in the flesh sometimes, she says, I about win Oakland on them. You know what I'm talking about. I about went West Oakland on them. All right. But we're not talking about going West Oakland or South San Francisco on anybody. We're talking about letting God be God in our lives and putting our flesh under and walking in the life of God and in the love of God. Come on, but let's be honest about it. You spit on me, bless God. You insult me, you better watch out. You're talking about my mama. Yo mama. And don't now nah, you you talk about my baby. you talk about my mama come on now that's just the flesh you don't abide in him man you'll be throwing left hooks right away we must well be honest about it you spit on me I'll spit on you you insult me I'll insult you you bet oh no you didn't. <laughs> I know you didn't do that. I know you didn't talk about my babies. But the love of God. See, the Bible says that if you live in this love, the love of God constrains you. (laughs) That's (laughs) That's the value of praying in tongues, man. It says, when you pray in the spirit, you will not only build yourself up on your most holy faith, but you will keep yourself in the love of God. And I'll guarantee you, I don't care how many years you've been sanctified. I don't care how many years you've been saved. You still have stinking flesh to deal with. Just like I have stinking flesh to deal with. And that flesh has got to be kept in check. That's why Paul said, he said, I keep under my body and I bring it. He didn't call his body the real him. He called his body exactly what it was. It was an it. Paul wasn't it controlled. He was spirit controlled. There are too many it controlled Christians. What do you mean? It controlled, body controlled, fleshly controlled. But Paul said, by the grace of God, I'm keeping my body under and I'm bringing this old flesh into subjection by the power of the Holy Spirit. So this God kind of love on the inside of you, it doesn't take account of the evil done to it. It doesn't pay any attention to a suffered wrong. It doesn't rejoice in injustice or unrighteousness, but it rejoices when right and truth prevails. Love doesn't rejoice when a brother or a sister experiences tragedy. Well, they deserved it. Well, man, if you got what you deserved, you'd be burnt. <laughs> oh, no, boy. See, <laughs> so remember that. Yeah, that's right. I mean, hey, let's just be honest. If we all got what we reserved, we'd be in hell today. Yeah. Crispy critters. But love doesn't rejoice at injustice. Uh, no. Love doesn't rejoice at unrighteousness. But the love of God on the inside of you rejoices when right and truth prevails. I'll tell you what else love is not. Love's not touchy. Well, bless God. You know what that person said about me? Touchy, touchy, touchy. Feely, feely, feely. Pastor Brenda didn't say hi to me today. Touchy, touchy, touchy. The love of God on the inside of you is not touchy. It's not fretful. And it's not resentful. The love of God on the inside of you and me, when we're really living in it, it takes no account of the evil done to us. Too many Christians are accountants. They're counting this up and counting that up. Stop. Put your stupid calculator away. You don't have to wait for a time to get that person back. The best thing you can do is pray for them. Love them. Do good to them. Go out and buy them a Christmas present. Oh, I know he didn't say that. (laughs) Christmas present? I can hardly afford to buy me a Christmas present, much less them. (laughs) But you'll find if you release that attitude and you do what the Bible says to do, Oh, the presence. You'll you'll step out of the zone called flesh into the zone of love where God is. And you'll once again be able to experience his presence. What would a church be like if everyone walked in love? Not not only this local church, but what, what would happen in the United States of America... If everybody that was a Christian would let love live in them. I'll tell you what would happen. At first, it's got to start in the home. I mean, you you can't be all fat and sassy and ugly at at the house and come into church talking about, let's praise the Lord. (laughs) Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, get real religious. That doesn't cut it with God. But this love walk, living in love, begins in your relationship with God. But it also is experienced in your love for your mate. In your love for your children. And I know some of your mates have challenged you. And I know some of your mates and some of your children have challenged you. Haven't they not? But you can walk in love. You can live in love. Now... If we'll do that in the home, then just think about it. When we come to church, what that means is, is all baggage has been laid aside. The baggage of offense, the baggage of strife, you know, the baggage of the flesh. It's been laid aside. And when we come into a place like this, when we've been living in love and practicing love on a regular basis, guess what happens? He is in our midst. He, he's here. He's here. His love is here. His presence is here. And there is nothing that cannot be swallowed up in an atmosphere of the love of God. (laughs) Cancer's got to go in the presence of the Lord. Come on, somebody. The Itis brothers got to pack up their bags and leave in the presence of God. In the presence of Jehovah, there's life, there's love, there's liberty. Yes. So, we were going to Romans 13. <laughs> All right. Romans 13. I feel like I'm a coach today exhorting you. Hallelujah. If you're cold, turn the heat on, guys. We're not ready to go home yet, so you might want to stoke it up. Praise the Lord. Somebody says, don't you think people will sleep? They're sleeping anyhow. But I loves you. I forgives you. Come on, somebody. Help me out a little bit. Just a little bit today. Oh, glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Where does it say that love is the fulfilling of the law? Anybody know? Romans what? 13.10. 13, 10. Thank you very much. 13.10 of Romans chapter 13 verse 10 says, Love worketh no ill, where? To his neighbor. To his neighbor. You know who your neighbor is, don't you? Your neighbor is whoever is nearby you. Yeah. And so love works no ill to his neighbor. Therefore, love is what? The fulfilling of the law. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Love is fulfilling the law. There's a lot hanging on this rod of love. Amen? Now what else does love do? I'll tell you what love does. If I'm really spending time with him... And I'm aware of his presence. i tell you what love does. Love is ever ready now to believe the worst of every person. No, no, no. Did I misquote that? Yeah. No. The Bible says that love is ever ready to believe what? Yes. The best of what? Yes. Yeah, but I know different. I know different. Just because you know different, does that mean that you're supposed to talk about it? What does love do? Love praise. Love, someone just quoted it, love covers. That's great. Love covers what? The multitude of sins, right? Love doesn't expose, but love covers. The multitude of sins. See, the love of God believes the best of every person. The Lord spoke to me one time and says, believe the best, son, and leave the rest. Leave the rest. But now, There is no way that I can believe the best of you if I'm not believing the best of myself. Are you listening? There are too many Christians that have a poor self-image. And as a result of a poor self-image, they're not able to believe the best of other people because they're believing the worst about themselves. Listen, friend, you may have failed. Anybody ever failed before? Failure is not final. Unless you choose to stay on the ground. Just because you failed doesn't mean you're a failure. What you can do is you can fail forward. And get up from the ground and dust yourself off and say, you know, by the grace of God, I'll not miss it again. I hear the scripture in my spirit, now unto him that is able to keep you from falling. Amen? So so the love of God believes the best of every person. Now, when you start believing the best of yourself, based on what God's word says about you. See, God believes the best for you. He knows the plans that he has for you. And he sees us with eyes of faith. He's believing the best of me. That's awesome. He says, I know the plans that I've got before you. The plans that I have for you, they're bright. Your future's awesome. I've given you a hope. I've given you a future. Start believing the best of yourself based on him believing the best in you. See, it's very difficult to cultivate this walk of love and to live in this love Without a knowledge of how much he loves you. So, what am I saying today? I'm asking you, I'm encouraging you to buy up every opportunity that you have for developing this love walk. Amen. And when you develop this love walk, you will begin to walk in the divine presence of God. Get rich in love. Get rich. In his presence. Turn to me to Ephesians chapter 3. I'm going to look at this in the amplified version. Ephesians, the third chapter. Paul's praying for the church at Ephesus. And he says, May he grant you out of the rich treasury of his glory to be strengthened and reinforced with mighty power in the inner man by the Holy Spirit Himself. Indwell in your innermost being and personality. The rich treasure of his glory is where his presence is. <coughs> Verse 17. May Christ through your faith actually dwell, settle down, abide, make his permanent home in your hearts. May you be rooted deep in love and founded securely on love. Verse 18. That you may have the power and strong to apprehend and grasp with all the saints. God's devoted people. The experience of that love. What is the breadth. And length. And height. And depth of it. Verse 19. That you may really come. To know. Practically. Through experience for yourself. The love of Christ. Which far surpasses mere knowledge. Without experience. And that you may be filled through your whole being unto all the fullness of love himself and may you have the richest measure of his divine presence and become a body become a person become a church wholly filled and flooded with God himself say it with me when I live in love I will have his presence. Pray this out of your heart. Lord God, help me to be rich in the divine presence of God. You walk in love, your healing will come. You walk in love, the goodness of God can't help but come into your life. His presence will lift you up. His presence will lift you up. Think about Joseph. Remember Joseph? I mean, Joseph was left in a pit, wasn't he? But at the end of Joseph's life, he was put in charge of Pharaoh's goods over the whole land of Egypt. And his brothers came to seek help. And he said, look, what you meant for evil, God turned around for good. Now, if there is one person that could have been bitter, it was Joseph. But Joseph chose not to be bitter. Joseph chose to be better. And some of you have that choice yeah. today. Yeah. Life happens and things come that will challenge you to be bitter. Mm-hmm. But I encourage you to live in love, yeah. live in God, yeah. and become better. Yes. Forgive people. Yeah. Forgive yeah. them. Yeah. You know, Jesus, when he hung on the cross, he said, Father, forgive them. Mm-hmm. They don't know what they do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but they've been talking about me. Let them talk. Mm-hmm. Let them talk. Just release them. Amen? Amen. Oh, glory to God. I believe this. That Joseph went from the pit to the palace. And though seemingly in the natural realm, it may seem like life right now is the pits. If you live in union with him and live in communion with him and determined to walk in love, he will remove the pits out of your life. And he will bring you into his very best. We could say the palace of God. So you got to know when to let go. You got to release other people. Now, you cannot live in him without knowing who you are in him. And if you look in the word of God, you'll discover over and over again several scriptures that talk about who you are in him. Say a couple with, them with me before we receive communion. Say this with me. I am, I am the, righteousness the righteousness of God, of God in Him. In him. I, am I am a new creation. A new creation. I, am I am His workmanship. His workmanship. I am, I am an, heir of God an heir of God and a joint heir, and a joint heir with Jesus Christ. I am, I am forgiven. I'm justified. I am justified. And I choose, I choose to forgive others. Help me, Lord, Help me, Lord to, live to live in love for the love of God. Love of God. It, is it is shed abroad in my heart, in my heart by, the by the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah.